Table Reads, now part of the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is Trevor and I'm here with Sean. Hi. And we're from Table Reads. Do you know what Table Reads is? You no. Probably, exactly. Even, I, I don't know what it is. Even Sean doesn't know what it is and he created it. Well, Sean, if you had to guess, which clearly you do, what do you think Table Reads is? I would think it's a show about a fat guy and a skinny guy reading some bad scripts that never got to be made into movies experience the worst hollywood has to offer with readings of the scripts you never wanted you know the thing i love about you sean ever since we were kids is you're always good at guessing you nailed it yay <laughs> yay table reads every tuesday right here on the rogue intel podcast network or visit tablereadspodcast.com distant land Corey and christian the podcasting masters of darkness unleashed an unspeakable podcast but some foolish podcasters wielding a magic soundboard stepped forth to oppose us before the final blow was struck i tore open a portal in time and flung them into the future where our podcast is law Now the fool seeks to return to the past and undo the future that is the powerful Nerdcast. Hello, my friends. I am Corey, and this is Christian, and welcome to another awesome edition of the powerful Nerdcast. I'm so excited about today's episode. We get to talk about the finale of Samurai Jack. We get to talk about Christian's brand new reinvigorated love of fighting games and all types of other ridiculous shit. Absolutely. First of all, Corey, damn, that was an epic. Not even reading that was. It, were you reading, or did you just whip that out of your ass? Let's that just is, say I whipped it right out of my ass. Damn, you got a lot of room up there. Yes, I figured little... since they were going to be talking about Samurai Jack, I would, uh, you know, honor Aku and his original epic intro. That was from, that uh, was Samurai Jack. So. I would like to say that we have some awesome topics today. Not only are we talking about Samurai Jack, but we're also going to talk about some other cool trailers we've seen come out recently. We're going to also talk about Street Fighter, because damn, I am addicted. And that's because Corey got me the new game on the Switch, and I've been... I've been. I haven't been this angry at a video game in so long. But Corey. you keep going back, don't you? You keep going back. It I don't is. know what it is because you're like, can't beat this guy, but I'm still going to play him ten times in a row. <laughs> and you're like, damn it! And he just shoots stupid spammy fireballs at you the whole time, and you can't even get close to him. And you know he's over there laughing, or at least in your head, the fake person you've assigned to this person you hate. <laughs> you always assign an image to them. Yes, and you're like this. This little fucking six-year-old is laughing at me over there you know anyway <laughs> the point of fighting games is they are deep they are so much deeper than i thought and the the meta game is so deep and just getting good with that stupid fucking wii controller not wii controller the switch controller is hard mm. I it's funny too because we're talking about like the most basic fighting game of all time the one that's like the granddaddy of them all street fighter 2 and they just released a upgraded ultimate edition of the game which is hilarious because they've re-released this game so many damn times and uh how can they even call it street fighter 2 because they're it's it's is it Street Fighter Two or is it, it their it is version? Street. Is it their flavor of Street Fighter Two? I guess you could say it's a little from Column A, a little from Column B. It is the definitive edition of Street Fighter that some people are calling it. There's some who actually don't like this version of the game. Um, there's even some who said it's even a little slower than some of the other versions, like Street Fighter Two Turbo. Um, well, duh, it's called Street Fighter Two Turbo. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Turbo means faster. Yeah, but um, it's it's basically just the most. I'm going to call it current version of Street Fighter 2. I'm not going to say it's the last because, you know, 20 years later, they continue to keep making this damn oh, game. We're launching a new console. Throw another Street Fighter 2 at them. You know? Exactly. It's also Capcom's like sort of like test bed for, I wonder how our games are going to do on the Switch because they're a little apprehensive about working with the company. That's, of course, why we're not getting some of their other big fighters like Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. And we're definitely not going to get Street Fighter 5 because 
some reason that's only exclusive to Sony consoles, and you're not actually to, able to play that on, like, Xbox One, which is one of the many reasons why I believe Street Fighter V has gotten a tremendous amount of hate. That and all the DLC bullshit. I don't know much about Street Fighter V, but I have been watching this YouTube channel uh, called A-Core Gaming, and all it is is this gentleman that is... I wouldn't consider him a pro player, because he doesn't talk about himself playing, but he is a giant study of the fighting game scene, and all he does is break down why certain characters are, you know, beef uh, are buffed and some are nerfed and like the history of Street Fighter from beginning to now and why people don't like Street Fighter 5 and breaking it down from all these different aspects and breaking down like frame animations and everything from like the way a character starts to move to when it's actually attacking to when it's recoiling from that movement and <laughs> I don't know I had no idea that fighting games got this deep where people are counting frames. Um, I had heard of that, you know, like in the periphery as I slightly hung out and played fighting games. Like, here's my history of fighting games. I would always play for like two weeks after a fighting game would come out because I always had a friend or two that would get a fighting game and I would just button mash with them when they weren't very good. But then as soon as they got really good because they owned the game and I didn't, I would always just stop playing it because it was just no fun for me. Mm. And one of the concepts I understood by watching this guy, Acor Gamer, is uh, or Acor Gaming, is that to understand how to play a fighting game, you have to put in time because it's like checkers where you have to practice before you're good at it. You know, mm -hmm. like so if you don't put in practice, you can't even play the game. Yeah, because you're not even understanding how the mechanics work. And that's not to say you can't just pick up a controller and start button mashing away and maybe even get a win or two. But to fully like truly understand the game, you have to put yourself in it. It's you know, it's not too dissimilar from like people who are really good at first person shooters. It's just sort of a, a different application altogether. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, I love fighting games. I've always loved playing them. I think both of our first fighting games were almost certainly Street Fighter 2. Uh, I played a lot of Street Fighter 2. I remember I got introduced to Street Fighter 2 on a Disney Big Red Boat Cruise. Interesting. I, rem I remember they had an arcade on the ship, and I thought it was epic. So this was like the the, the big like arcade unit? Like it yeah, wasn't like yeah. The, system? the original cabinet. God, I'm so glad we grew up in the era where we could find Street Fighter 2 arcade units. Because that's where I first saw Street Fighter 2. Not as well, anymore. Was, uh, I wonder if you could even buy one anymore. I'm going to look it up on eBay. You know, I guarantee you could probably find them out there somewhere. But uh, Or like even just a modded cabinet where someone has installed it on a ROM or however they do yeah. that. There was this really kick-ass arcade... Uh, that was near me when I was growing up. It was called uh, Malibu Raceway, which still does exist. Uh, mostly it's an excuse for go-karts and batting cages and everything, but they always had this like really epic arcade, and that's where I got to see like all of the brand new games, all the new fighters, which in the early 90s to mid-90s were like the arcade game. You always went to see what like the new fighters were going to be, and I distinctly remember seeing Street Fighter II for the very first time. The very first character I ever saw was Blanca. And I was just like, oh, my God, I get to play as a big green electrical monster? That's so cool. And, uh, you know, I couldn't even, like, process the concept of a fighting game at that time. Like, when I was a kid and playing that, I couldn't do any of the special moves. I couldn't do any of the, I didn't know what the concept of charging or health, even blocking was. Okay, so I found a few. One for, like, uh, all these are modded cabinets, which yeah. means someone installed this stuff into this hardware. Mm -hmm. It's not a true original. Yeah. Um, but I found it for $795 all the way up to, like, 1000 to two thousand dollars which while is that might sound like a lot that's pretty damn reasonable no it's totally cool it's yeah. totally cool and in each of the arcade you know, they do have like the two-player and everything yeah like, yeah this is just like there's a tabletop which uh one of 621 games you know that's mm -hmm. pretty cool that's how it always is now now you get these package things you know yeah. where it's a bunch of games look at this someone also has the street fighter 2 rainbow edition arcade uh, <laughs> uh game if you want to install that only just learned about the the rainbow edition like in the last 30 minutes even before <laughs> we did this podcast it's insane. It looks epic. It's like a it's one where everyone's buffed and like uh, Ryu can shoot like double fireballs or homing fireballs and like mm -hmm. jump across the screen. And yeah, everyone has sure, you can like put him all the way to the top of the screen <laughs> and he like flies across. I think even like characters who can't do like the the typical Projectiles. moves like uh, Ihonda, like he they gave him Hadoken when he did uh, his big multi punch. Yeah, he's like hood, 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 hood. and then like Hadokens are coming out and you're like wait what? Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty epic. And uh, I don't know, there's a bunch of cool. Oh, here's a. I'm trying to see if I can find a, a original vintage, like the the original, like the cabinet. Yeah, the the same buttons, like, and we're talking like original Street Fighter Two, like you know, because there were like multiple versions of this game. There's Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Two Turbo, Street Fighter the New Challengers, 
Street Fighter Hyper Edition, Street Fighter fucking HD Edition, which came out a few years ago, and uh, now we have the most current version uh, being uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2, the final challengers. It's very bold for them to say the final challengers, implying that it is going to be the finale. Hell no, it's not. I really do believe they could keep re-releasing this game for years with just tiny little minor things. Yeah, you can you can get a whole bunch of cool stuff here. Uh, I had no idea the world of arcade arcade cabinets was still alive as yeah. well. But like, you can straight up buy an awesome two stick, six button per stick uh, setup for like two grand, loaded with thousands of games. God, that's awesome. We should I get one for the office. We really should. Like, and, and I mean, like, what what type of games would you want to see on arcade? Like, obviously, the big Metal fighters, Slug. Metal Slug would be cool. Um, um, I would like the Ninja Turtle games. I want the Simpsons games. The Simpsons, yeah, all the like the like the beat 'em ups, the side scroller ones. Yeah, and, those were uh, a lot of fun. What was that other one? I want even a uh, uh, Rampage. I want Rampage. all those games. Uh, the classics, of course. You got to yes. have your Pac Man's, your Galaga's, um, all that stuff, all the good stuff. Um, Donkey Kong, of course. Some Mario Bros. Mm-hmm, the classic Mario Brothers game. Yeah, you um, can, I want all that shit. If we're Mortal Kombat, it, Killer Instinct, Primal Rage. Uh, what was that arcade game where you turned into an animal if you collected things? It was a side-scrolling beat-em-up, and it had, like, a golden eagle on the side. Arcade. You could turn into an animal? Arcade game. Was it a fighting game, or was it, like, a side-scrolling action Yeah, yeah. let me. I'm going to Google turning into animal. Because when I think of turning into animal in, like, fighting games, I think of this series called uh, I'm gonna I look for the Bloody Roar. Bloody Roar! Is that what you're talking about? That might about? be it. But those were, like, uh, I think those were fully 3D kind of like almost like virtual fighter or tekken style mm. bloody roar it's one of those franchises that just sort of teetered off but like you started out as like a regular human and then like when your meter fills up you can like transform into like an animal human hybrid mm. this is a side scroll and beat em up this is not this oh, but i know to... this game this is a good game it's funny because uh the, the game you're talking about like sounds familiar to me too but i just i can't put my finger on it what it could possibly be maybe someone out there in youtube world could tell us um but, uh, yeah, I mean, there could be so many games that you could fit into one of these cabinets. That would be awesome. Yeah, I just want a, an arcade cabinet with just, like, a bunch of mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. Because, I mean, there was nothing more fun than back in the day, like, going to your local arcade, uh, putting your, your sleeve of quarters up and being like, I'm next, man. I'm next. You get in there and you get your ass just completely dropped. Because there's, like, a dude just hanging out all day, there's just smashing dudes. There's always that one dude, and he's always older than everyone, and he knows all the secret moves, and he isn't going to tell you how to do them. Nope. Like I said, man, back in the day, like I, I could barely perform any of the special moves of those games. And uh, I was lucky enough to have an older brother. And because I had an older brother, we both got a video game console. We had the Super Nintendo. Uh, he did get Street Fighter 2, the original version on Super. And that's where I got most of my playtime with that game. And even then when I was like playing it, like just the concept of like a special move to my young mind just didn't make sense. Like quarter circle punch. I would always just button mash. Altered the fuck Beast. Out of shit. Is that what it is? Yeah. Alter, oh, it's oh, Altered Beast from Sega. Holy shit. You remember this? Yes, now I totally do. Yeah, this Altered Beast. This game was, because like they go when they actually like do the transformation, it's all like super epic. Yeah, it's like an anime almost. Yeah, it's like, there boom. we go. Yeah, I, totally, I definitely remember this game. I remember it being hard as shit. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, uh, pa- <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to your doom. This game, old I, arcade voices, man. Those I, are awesome. I, I put a lot of time in on uh, on this game. A lot of time. But I guess you're right. This it's, was it's a, a console a, game as well. This yeah, was yeah it was a console game. I think it was on Genesis. Yeah, it was Sega. I think my cousin actually had this game. I think that's what I mostly recognize it from. It's like a mixture of uh, I want to say Castlevania. Yeah. And Ninja Gaiden almost. It's weird. It's just a really cool looking side scroller at beat 'em up. Yeah, it was fun. Dude, the side scroll and beat 'em up days were a blast. They were. They were really simple, but they were satisfying if they were done. Why don't really they right. make them anymore? It doesn't seem that hard. <sighs> you know, I'd, I'd like to see the concept applied, maybe just something they could expand upon, maybe turn it into like a big 3D adventure. But I mean, I, th- I still think there could be a place for them. But, mm, you know, I think if we're going to see them, it's going to be more in like indie style titles. Yeah, there are some great side-scrolling beat-em-up games that are on the indie uh, side and on Steam. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of them, actually, now yeah. that you bring that up. There's one I and think that, And called, the same thing goes for, like, side-scrollers in general. Just like, I mean, the, hell, the we Bear played, Man. Yeah, I mean, hell, we played the hell out of Bro Force. Bro Force, that is exactly that kind of game. That's yeah. like a Metal Slug reimagined. Or if you're looking for something kind of in that vein, there's a really great game on Switch, which is also on, like, a million other uh, consoles. It's called Shovel Knight. 
Shovel Knight. The game is good, man. It's fucking amazing, actually. Shovel Knight. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of the, the, the most fun, like, classic retro-style games that I've ever played. It's amazing. It's so good that I want Shovel Knight to actually be a character in Smash Brothers. You really do? They made a Shovel Knight amiibo, so, like, that's how popular that, that series got. But, yeah, I'd love to see Shovel Knight. He just seems like he would fit um, perfectly. Oh, M- Meat Boy. I remember this game. Have you played Meat Boy? No, but I've always remember uh, <sighs> it's, Meat Boy. It's fun, but it is difficult, man. It's really? so it's it's mostly it's not like a typical platformer like Mario. It's it's the way you jump is just so much more extreme and just all the obstacles are so insane. Like jumping between like all types of buzz saws and stuff. It's in, it's just nuts, but it is satisfying as hell. This is exactly the type, you know, I I didn't used to be in indie games all that much. I always felt they were just kind of like a cheap out. Um, but like with the Nintendo Switch and everything, that that, that system damn near seems like it's tailor made for this type of stuff. Yeah, dude, a Switch would be great for this game. Mm-hmm. Nintendo will never sponsor Meat oh, Boy. I mean, Meat Boy. No, Meat Boy has been on uh, on Wii U and on uh, Wii and stuff. Really? Yeah. So you can actually play that. Haven't on they uh, also announced some 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 news on um, the classics uh, games coming back to Nintendo on the classic console, the virtual kind classic? of? Uh, and, and this is actually good because you're a Switch owner. Yes, um, yes, I am now. There, there's going to be like when you're uh, with Nintendo's online service, which, by the way, they just announced it's only going to be 20 bucks a year. That's, that's not and bad. And it's free for the rest of this year. You're not even going to have to pay for it until 2018. But when's it come um, out? Uh, I mean, it's it's technically kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can play games online, and there's a shop where you can buy things. Cool. Um, and they're definitely going to add more things in the future. But, like, uh, in 2018, if you're, like, still signed up for the service and you're paying for it, like, every month they're going to be giving you free classic games like Super Mario Brothers 3 and Mega Man and all those Nintendo games that you loved when you were a kid. Interesting. I'm not sure how it works though. They, they've been kind of vague on it. Like it, it might be kind of like a Netflix service where they have a certain allotment of games each month that you have access to. I'm not sure if it's just like you download it for free and it's yours forever. I would assume you get to down. I assume you get to pick a game and download it. And then it's like on your memory card. That's why you have a memory card. I would like to think that's going to be the case. Um, it, it's, it is hard to say though. I really wish they would adopt more of the virtual console, which is what they did with Wii and uh, 3DS, where you basically, you just buy the game, you own it and it's there on your system. Yeah. You know, cause I actually have a lot of games like that, uh, on my Wii U and on my Wii just because I do have my Super Nintendo, but like, I only have so many old cartridges and some of those cartridges are old and some of them, you have to blow the dust out of them to get them to work. Some of them I don't even own. So having the ability to purchase those games is awesome. And, uh, again, that's another reason why I think it needs to happen on the Switch, because being able to play these wherever you want has got to be the coolest thing ever. Like, for the most recent Street Fighter, I've played 90% of that game in handheld mode. I have played most of it in handheld mode. Mm -hmm. That is something to be said about the Switch. It is comfortable to play while traveling. Yeah. It and really I mean, is. It's just, uh, the, the, the buttons do work. They're not ideal for Street Fighter, but they Hell do work. Hell no, they're not ideal. They do work. Like, uh, there are moments where I'm like, I just punched the air. Damn it, I wanted to do a Hadouken. And I Stop did one. Stop doing that. I totally did a quarter circle motion. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it still works. It's still enjoyable, and uh, I still love it. But, yeah, the handheld mode is great on that thing. I mean, we play. I probably played almost 90% of Zelda traveling. Really? Know? Not all of it, but I, well, maybe I should take that back. Maybe I played a good bit more, mm-hmm. um, at least fifty percent on the TV. Now that I'm thinking about this it, it's just oddly weird numbers for me. But like, I think thirty percent on uh, uh, handheld, and then like the rest on the TV. That's a game for you know a game like Zelda. I need to play. I think on a big TV to truly just get lost in it mm-hmm. and all the amazingness. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it on uh, handheld, but like a game like Street Fighter is perfect because it's just you pick up, you play, you play a couple matches, you're done. That's you know, true. Like, you can get in and out. Like, I was playing in between cooking dinner last night. That's exactly what I did the other night, my friend. I was waiting for the noodles to boil. Yeah. And I, and I, two, I got, like, good in. five rounds, and I was like, yeah, that was satisfying as hell. That's and then all you I get needed. out of there. Exactly. Know? It's just it's perfect for those type of games. I really hope we're going to get to see more Street Fighter and fighting game presence on the Switch because it, it seems like it's going to work. They're going to be stupid if they don't release any form of Smash Brothers on the system. If they better do it within the next year or two. And they need to. I know, you know, it's people are saying it's too soon. Smash Brothers for the Wii U and 3DS has been out for quite some time. Yeah. But, I mean, it's also one of those games, too, that it takes forever to make. I just don't think Nintendo... I know Nintendo knows it's a special franchise. Yeah. But I just feel like they don't, like, take care of Smash Brothers as much as they should because it's, like, a hugely important series for them. You and, know? And, and, you know, it's funny. You know, in some ways, many ways... 
with the Wii U, I almost wish they didn't put Smash Brothers on the system and they'd have just waited for the Switch. Yeah. Because they put it on a failed console, which totally sucks. It's just like putting the game out to pasture. That didn't stop the sales of the game. I mean, it still sold really well, but if they'd have, if they'd have like, held back, you know, I know it would have been like two and a half years holding back. But it would have been a launch title. they'd have held that thing and made it a launch title for the Switch with Zelda. Yeah. Holy fuck. That would have been the strongest launch ever. It would have been pretty Nothing epic. would have stopped it. And there's still all sorts of other games which are coming out for the system. I don't I know you don't really gel with the game at all, but you should totally check out the last global test punch they're going to have for Arms. I got to watch some gameplay for that game or else Now I it's not understand. like it's not Street Fighter deep or yeah. anything. It's it's definitely not at all. It's mostly just dodging and attacking at the right time. Um but I'll be damned if it's it's not just really fun. There's a review out for ARMS already. From Wait, Game Explain. That just came out, didn't it? Yeah, six hours ago. Holy shit. I guess the embargo is up. I guess because the game doesn't come out till next week. The embargo. Yeah, that's what they... It's the review embargo. <laughs> the, em, the reviewing embargo, of course. But, I mean, we all know I, that international law. For the last two law. weekends, they've had this uh, big event, which is called the Global Test Punch, where if you have a Switch and you've downloaded the demo for the game, if you uh, go and play your game at like a certain hour for only one hour... Uh, you'll be able to try out uh, the demo of the game where you get to play against other players, and you get to try out all of the various different modes in the game, which some of which are fun as shit, but mostly the best things about it have to be the one-on-one fights. Um, but the whole premise of uh, arms is the, the arms themselves. It's not like a typical fighting game. You have these big, long, stretchy arms which can have different weapons attached to them, and you can use motion controls to play, I say fuck that, and I use regular controls because I hate the motion controls. <laughs> You're not a waggler? Well, the first time I played, like, the first 30 minutes, I did the waggle, and I was like, this feels awful. Don't like it. Probably not going to buy it. The minute I turned on the regular controls and started playing, I was like, whoa, I can actually move and combo and do things now. Yeah. So yeah. I'm so glad that they put that option in the game. Um, and it's mostly just a matter of just waiting for you the You know right what this reminds to- me of? What's that? Those old mech fighting games back in the day where you'd slide left and right and like shoot missiles at each other kind of has that vibe of like, like mech warrior mech warrior not mech warrior this was it was more of an anime type mech fighting arcade mm, game i'm gonna have to look that one now up. you got me all thinking about arcade games so now yeah, i gotta I remember this thing now um, i'm gonna i'm gonna google this but i'll show you some gameplay and i'll show you how it looks just like this mm-hmm. but it looks fun i no, mean i get I mean, the idea mm-hmm. i mean it's it, you know there's different characters in the game they'll have certain attributes like certain there's abilities. the slower guy that's stronger mm-hmm. there's the faster weaker. there's team matches there's one-on-one there's also these little side games which i think are really fun there's one called hoops like way of the hado well, that sucks no, oh my god that sucks so bad doesn't it <laughs> it's not even fun did you actually like i, I invested for, about I 10 that minutes for like in that. one mission i was like done never trying that one again Ugh. And I, that's another, like, motion controls are fine, but for fighting games, I think they're terrible. The idea of faking to do a Hadouken, like, 15 times a, a minute sucks. And then you realize, oh, wait, what if I just turn the controller like this and then just press, oh, okay. You don't have to do the motion at all. You don't? You no. can just, dude, you can sit on your fucking ass and hold those controllers to your side, turn them sideways, and just push forward, and it'll still register the Hadouken. Oh, I didn't know that. Now I gotta go back and beat my high score. <laughs> um... <laughs> classic arcade games but uh the arms demos that i played were really fun like it sucks that they were only an hour long because right at the height of that hour like i was just getting into i was like oh i'm finally starting to get this this is really fun and boom the demo's over but uh the reason they do it that way is because they want to test like the online strength and everything because everybody just mobs during that hour to try and get in and play um but it's it's just so fun the characters are so nintendo in the best way possible uh where they're appropriate but there are a few that can you know push the envelope just a little bit and it just it kind of feels like uh, splatoon which came out a couple of years ago which was another one of those new nintendo franchises where they really sort of take a shot in the dark and they're like all right let's hope this works and it works man it's real cool and just like splatoon they've also promised that after the release of the game like every month there's going to be brand new free updates which include new characters new arms new stages new modes and that's like the best type of dlc the kind that just keeps on giving they gave away free stuff in splatoon for like a year and a half Like, every month, there was always something new to look forward to. And sometimes it was minor, like a weapon. Sometimes it was a whole brand new stage or something. And that was always really cool. And they're going to be doing that again with uh, Splatoon 2, which is also coming up with that and ARMS coming out in the same summer. Like, people who are bitching about nothing to play on the Switch, you have no fucking clue. You have that, you have Mario Kart, you got Street Fighter, you got these two brand new games, you got, like, six others coming out in the fall this is a great year for the switch as far as i'm concerned i'm already going to own nearly 10 or more games by the end of the year 
And that's pretty damn big. You remember that game? King of the Monsters. I remember King of the Monsters from uh, Nick Arcade. Oh, yeah, that's exactly the same <laughs> game. The same game. If anyone out there remembers that really awesome but stupid show. It wasn't that great, Corey. It, it wasn't actually that great, but I'm very nostalgic for it. It's such a 90s program, though. Okay, so this is uh, the game I'm talking about that reminds me of um, of ARMS. Virtual on Cyber Troopers. Let's see if the gameplay's coming up. I am not familiar with this one. I vaguely remember seeing this. See how the perspective and everything feels armsy? Like, a little bit, yeah. And you shoot. This I'm just trying whole, to remember. This like, gameplay sucks. It does, but like I'm trying to remember like where I saw this though. It was in arcades, and it's on Sega. Okay. God, it almost looks like a damn early Gundam-style game. That's what I'm saying. It looks like a Gundam game mixed with, like, the ARM-style gameplay where you're spinning around them in the stage and, mm-hmm. like, shooting at them and using different weapons. Yeah. Oh! Like I said, this, this is definitely one of those games, like, especially the video before, because this one almost looks like a newer version of it. Yeah, I think it is the newer um, version. The one that you saw before, though, like, the, I know I'd seen that somewhere. It's in arcades. Well, I've yeah. never seen that part, but no, you get No, that idea. just looks intense as shit. But yeah, so I know you guys can't see any of this, so I'm sorry about that. But this is uh, it's called Virtual On and uh, Cyber Troopers, and it's a it's a game that always reminds me of the arcade from mm-hmm. back in the day. There it is. You sit in this chair and you use this control sticks like you're flying fly, flying a jet. Virtual On, 1995. Okay. See, and you could like fight the other person there. You know, it was pretty epic. Yeah. No, that looks pretty cool. I have no idea how much that costs nowadays. <laughs> I'm sure one of those costs a lot of money. Probably. But yeah. Oh, and this is on International Arcade Museum. You can look up arcade cabinets. It's like a website from the freaking mid-90s. Yeah, well, it looks like a museum. The fucking website looks like a museum. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, you can see all this. Wow. I had no idea this was even a thing. Arcade-museum.com. Yeah. Wow. If you want to look up old arcade games. Quake. The original Quake. Wow, you can look up all sorts of cool old arcade games on this website. Looks like there's tons of links at the bottom, too, to even purchase a lot of them. Oh, yeah, if you want them. Oh, there's an uh, arcade room for $8,000. Only. That's and a steal. Get, but you get a lot of cool shit here. Oh, they got the old Star Wars game in there, too. Joust, Sin something. What is that, Sin Star? Uh, I'm not sure what the hell that is. I said Joust. What a wacky game. Uh, Star Wars game there? Yeah. I'm not sure if that's like the uh, the original classic like Death Star Run uh, Star Wars arcade game. Death Star Run. looks kind of like an old like Star Fox style game. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Just extreme polygons. Tempest. <laughs> There's so many cool games here. Anyway, we're done with arcades. Yeah, we're done with arcades. Done with fighting games. But yeah, just fighting games are fucking awesome, and you know, it's I, I can't quit them either. And that's the thing that's funny about Street Fighter. Why can't I quit you? Exactly. You know, just. I, I love it and hate it at the same time. Like, the losses always suck, but I always keep going back for more. I always learn new things. And uh, there's a million great YouTubers out there who are doing great things. We are not going to be playing Shaq Fu. I've been, I've been diving He's deep. He's looking at this trailer of this, this stupid new Shaq Fu game, which is not is even real? like... Yes, it's real, Christian. Um, it's not even like the old traditional Shaq Fu, which was not very good either. It's like more of a beat-em-up, but... Don't I'm even. fine with that. Jack is the one dude. He shouldn't have to fight anyone, you know, Mm-mm. or he shouldn't have to fight a one on one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, at, that also the core a gaming has a video about Shaq Fu. Yeah. Tengen top a little witch. I don't know what that Which is. We, there's it's a show that I regret. I did not review. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of even doing like a full comprehensive review of that show. It's called Little Witch Academia. It's from Trigger. Oh, well, that means yeah. it's epic. But it's not like it's basically. Unless it's their ninja show. What was that one? It's not. Like, look at that sequence right there and uh, at the top there. It's basically a full homage to everything that is Gurren Logon. But uh, the best way to describe the series is that it is Japanese Harry Potter with all females. Okay. Yeah, but it's done with a lot of gusto. And this whole scene is, is clearly a. Uh, Reference to Gurren Logon as well. Oh, I think they absolutely. even do like a giga, uh, giga drill break. Yeah, this looks practically. But yeah, it's it's almost got the same identical art style in many senses, but it's just Uh-oh. a little more subdued. Which is, um, and I'm only about maybe seven episodes in, <laughs> but it's it's pretty awesome. Big I'm not break a lie. drill. Oh, it even sounds like Gurren Logon. Yeah, you hear I'm not that sh- music. Yeah, it's the same music and it's everything. The same music. 
And it does the same thing. They drill through it and then sit in crouch pose and watch <laughs> it explode behind you. Yeah. Oh, I want to review Gurren Logon. I want to do, like, the most epic Gurren Logon video on the internet is what I want to do. That's, like, my dream for our YouTube page. <laughs> oh, God! Okay, so this brings me to my next thing. <laughs> we haven't even talked about Samurai Jack yet. Samurai, he'll get there. We got an hour. He'll get back to the past. Yeah, he'll get back. <laughs> it took him seven years to come back. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I have been watching a few cool things on Netflix. One of them is the Unbreakable Kimmy Smith. And that show is funny because it's about this girl named Kimmy Smith, but really there's a character in the show called Titus Andromedon, and he's probably the actual main character. He kind of steals it. It's funny. <laughs> I watched an interview where they interviewed uh, both actors, and they didn't even ask the actress that plays Kimmy Smith like anything. They just talked to Titus the whole time. <laughs> he's the breakout character of the show. Yeah. He, he's just a flamboyantly gay man, and he uh, always breaks out into song and is like kind of so stereotypically gay he's too gay. <laughs> how do you even it's almost s- like a caricature yeah it's a character of a character you know like he's super into theater singing and all about himself mm-hmm. and uh he has major character flaws but it's kind of fun watching him stumble through world stumble through the world of kimmy smith and it's a, it's a good show i highly recommend you check out kimmy smith unbreakable yeah. if you just want a preview of what christian's talking about Look up Titus Andromedon's Titus. hold up. Titus. Titus Andromedon's hold up. Uh, it's a parody of uh, the Beyonce song. Uh, hold up. Yeah, and it's it's pretty damn funny. I'm not going to lie. Hashtag lemonading. <laughs> so check it out. It's fucking good shit. Mm. You been watching anything else on Netflix right now, Corey? Not right now. Um, Are you I know not part of the Netflix in, cult? Yeah, I mean, I, I, know I'm, I, I haven't watched this season of Kimmy Schmidt. And uh, there's still a few other shows that I haven't checked out, but I, I just have so many other things on my backlog. Like I said, I'm watching that, that fucking witch anime right now, and that's got my attention at the moment. Um, and maybe a few other shows that I rarely talk about, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, is it? Or is today the day? Corey? It's not the day. Okay. The other thing I've been watching is the new season of House of Cards. Which is epic. I remember you were telling me about that. Woo, that show's so intense. It mm-hmm. just makes you fucking freak out every time you watch it. And then you realize, yeah, Donald Trump's the president. I hope he can handle those situations. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, he just tweets about dumbass shit. Mm. So, um, yeah, you want to talk about politics, Corey? No. Okay, House of Cards is great. About- also, check it out on Netflix. It's epic. I literally watch Netflix and YouTube, and that's like it. It's, it's all I watch. It's all you need, unless you're a sports fan. Well... You guys can go watch your sports ball. I know. I'm good. I'm enjoying the NBA Finals right now. Thank you. Talk to me about it. Is LeBron going to win against Shaq? No. Sorry, against Shaq? (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry is what you mean. Yeah, those two. Yes, exactly. The the Cavaliers and the uh, the Golden State Warriors. The Flingmans and the Flamingos. We're we're two games into the seven-game finals. They have a game tonight, which, you know, if – the Warriors take it tonight. Oh, man, it's just going to get so tense. I'm, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've gotten this excited about NBA. And uh, I'm just I'm really enjoying uh, this season a lot. Sports. I wish I knew more people that like sports. I'll check out the other the, 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 other, the sports show on uh, Rogue. Let's Intel. get back to talking about those witch, witches and those bitches. Those witch animes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great, Can you talk me? more about the witch animes, guys? Yeah, come okay. on. That's about Actually, sports. Actually, no. Let's, let's get to the, the meat of this podcast, which let's, is, uh, you know, potatoes? we haven't even... We've been holding off on this conversation, too, because uh, I, I wanted to hold it specifically for this podcast. And uh, that is the finale of Samurai Jack. Season 5 has come to an end. Not only that season, but it is the actual conclusion of the entire series. It's been done now for about two weeks. I've had a lot of time to process the finale and the final season, and this is sort of our chance to sort of say what we liked and what we didn't like about the season. And overall, I thought the fifth season of the series was honestly one of my favorite, maybe my second favorite season of the entire show. And at first I didn't think that, you know, visually speaking, the show is striking, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, it's incredibly atmospheric, but I felt that about halfway through the season it did start to slow down a little bit, but the thing that was keeping it alive, of course, was just the incredible animation and the fact that everything just looks so goddamn pretty all the time. And, uh, you know, then we got to the end, which again, when I first saw it, I was like, really? This is how it's all going to end on just such a down note, yet... There's still a little bit of hope for the future, the possibility of a return that 
probably will never come at all. And it was very bittersweet and a very adult ending to a show that ultimately started out as a kid's show on Cartoon Network. And there's something really clever about that. The fact that Samurai Jack grew up with its audience and didn't talk down to them and knew how to perfectly bow out and complete its story, which for a lot of other programs can be very difficult and very convoluted. And overall, I think the final season was an absolute success from beginning to end. But I still will say that the actual final episode, the big last one, I think should have been spread out across two episodes because that final battle could have been a lot more epic. It could have gone on a lot longer. And I wanted more personal moments between Jack and Aku. That being said, I was pretty damn satisfied. Look, I'll tell you this. I think that the ending to Rick, not Rick and Morty. Sorry, I've looked something up. I'll show you in a moment. <laughs> Rick and Morty. The end. <laughs> Szechuan sauce. Uh, I, <laughs> the, the, di- the difference between um, Samurai Jack this time and when I first saw it was there was a lot more censorship. There was a lot more, not conclusion, just Samurai Jack exploring this world. That's kind of what it was. Mm-hmm. And then he get into fights along the way. But it never felt like there was going to be a conclusion anytime soon, right? It just felt like Samurai Jack was just going to wander around, make more friends, and then eventually have his fight. But you never actually felt like it was going to be there. And that's the one thing I also have to agree with Corey on. I felt like it happened really fast. All in one episode was bad. It almost should have been a two- to three-parter, in my opinion. You know, like a confrontation, the final battle, and then a wrap-up episode. Mm-hmm. You know? And Instead, they crammed that all into one. And they pulled it off. They did. But, it, in my opinion, it deserved more. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, however, I thought the animation was great. I like how it had a culminating sort of effect. Like, uh, by the way, spoiler warnings. It had everyone from Jack's past coming together to stop Aku while Jack dealt with his bitch being crazy. <laughs> How would you describe that, Corey? Something like that? That's pretty accurate. So, And then while that happened, they actually went back in time and space. And Jack defeated a coup. And then there's sort of this sad twist on the end, right? Yeah, like, which, speaking of Gurren Lagon, is it not the same ending as Gurren Lagon? Is it? You remember at the very end of the series where Simone and Nia are getting ready to get married and they're there, they're both dressed up, their friends and family are there, and right as they're walking down the altar, she suddenly disappears into nothingness and Simone becomes a wanderer going off on his own and you realize he's the narrator of the whole show? Sort of. I briefly remember that. There was so much they're other epic the shit. They're not the same. They're not identical. There are differences, but they are very similar. And how they end, where you think that everything's going to end all perfectly for the main character. And, and they both know that, like, what they're about to do, like, to end their quest could potentially lead into one of them being dead. With Nia uh, suddenly disappearing and the same thing with Ashi, where they when they get rid of Aku, because he never existed or was never a thing, there was never ever a reason for Ashi to appear. But isn't that real strange that she was able to stay around for a little bit and even be fitted for a dress and walk down the aisles before she disappeared? She just couldn't fight time any longer. Time always wins. Is that wins. what was really going on? She was she was fighting against the space-time continuum somehow? Absolutely. That's why she wasn't moving much. Mm. She was just sitting there. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We didn't really, you know, we, we straight transitioned from the defeat of Aku... To their wedding day. To their wedding. Like, we didn't get to see any of the in-between. It wasn't time for it, Corey. Gotta keep it moving. No, One I just, episode. I want to know, man. I want to know, like, how much time I, like... I don't want to think the very next day they were getting married. I'd like to think there was a couple days meeting the family, getting everything prepared, and then boom, it's wedding time. And then Ashi just sort of, boop, up, she's gone. Sucks to be Jack. Nothing ever works out for this guy. And everybody that he met in the future no longer exists and has any bearing over anything. It's sort of like the ultimate reset button because it's what Jack always wanted. Yeah. But at the same time, he was accepting of it because he knew he had done good. Yeah. And Does I that mean, make sense? And, and ultimately, they wrote themselves into a bit of a corner. I mean, really, the whole point of Samurai Jack, you know, the, the premise is he has to get back to the past and everything. But every episode was basically just about Jack going on an adventure or helping someone. And there were multiple times in the original series where he intentionally helped someone where he could have just gone into the past and killed Aku, and, like, it really wouldn't matter because those people aren't going to exist anyway. He's future trunks. But he always, yeah, exactly. He always <laughs> goes out of his way, though, to help people. That's, like, kind of the point of his character. Um, 
He's the ultimate force of good, while Aku is like the ultimate force of evil. Oh yeah, they're, they're ultimate representations of good and evil. That's why Jack is always pristine and white, and why Aku is always black. There's a very yin yang to their. Whoa, why does it got to be black, Corey? Come on. <laughs> anyway, Aku lives. Aku's life matters. Aku's right? lives matter. Until Jack fucking stabs him through the head, which, again, I think there should have been more of a confrontation. But then again, it, it makes sense because that's like the whole point of uh, Aku sending Jack into the past because he got weakened. And he's like, before the final blow was struck, you know, waiting for that moment to actually be killed. So that's why he was so weak when Jack came in. And plus the future Jack who came in there was like way more experienced. You know, he has 50 years of just the most hardcore and he's monster like, fuck robot fucking slaying. around. I am just killing you, mm-hmm. you know. And he just goes in and fucks him up. Yeah. And, so. and another thing that I've gathered from this season um, is that I appreciate this show way more as an adult than I did when I was younger. And a lot of that, of course, has to do with the fact that when this series came out. It was 2001. I was technically in high school, and I was even a little embarrassed at the fact that I watched a show like Samurai Jack. That was during a period where I was very self-conscious. The shame years. Yeah, exactly. The years where you like you don't want to look like you know someone lame in front of your friends. You're always trying to look really cool and badass. They when were the dark older, times. When you get older, you get a big case of the fuckets, and you just don't care what people think anymore. And that's how you start to like this type of stuff. Um, and, and that's why I think I've started to appreciate the show even more. And uh, it, it forced me to watch a lot of the older episodes again, a lot of the more important ones. And upon a second viewing, I'm, I'm just enjoying it so much more. More for the uh, just the art style and everything. And, and that's, again, one of the best things about Samurai Jack is that it takes advantage of its art. It doesn't always have to be bogged down in stupid dialogue. It tells its story through the visual of animation, and it does a really great job of doing that. Absolutely. It's just a really good show. I will say one thing, though. Mm-hmm. I do think they blew their visual load like on the first like five episodes, and then it wasn't as strong for the last half. I thought like the character and the story elements, like ever since uh, when Ashi was like finding all the people that met with Jack, Mm-hmm. After that series of episodes, mm-hmm. I think it sort of was just, and it was still very Samurai Jack. I'm not saying it's not good, but yeah. I just think like the those episodes were really good front end. The kind of like like introduced- the, the first three are yeah. what I think make season five for me. They're they're definitely the most intense, and they do the things the most different than the other seasons of Samurai Jack. Yes, yes. It's it's once Ashi becomes good. And goes through her whole, like, I'm a good girl transformation, that things definitely start to change. And also, I'm curious, you know, one of, the, one of the big things about the end of the series, the reason Jack was able to go back to the past, is because Jack learns that Ashi has Aku's powers. Did that happen after she was consumed by Aku, like when he started to, like, cover her in that dark energy? Or did yeah, she after always she have took, those No, abilities? no, no, after she got the dark energy all over. Oh, okay. Because that was some Aku muck. Yeah. You know, Akugu. Akugu. She got a kugood. Akugu go. Akugu got. I can't Ga- even say. Guy Pan? <laughs> you fucking amateur hour over here. Get this shit. <laughs> but uh, the defining thing about the, the fifth season has to be the character of Ashi. And, uh, she is the thing that ties it all together. Yeah, and she's also, I think, the most contentious thing about the final season. Some people are saying that this, the final season focused too much on her when it should have been focusing on Jack, but I really liked your introduction to the series because it shook things up, and it just, I don't know, it was just different. I don't know, I, I didn't mind it at all. Um, it, I do think it sucks, though, that, I still think it's bullshit that she was able to stay around, though, for a little bit before she disappeared. I don't know what it is about that. I, I figured once Aku is gone, everything that it, the, is the future is gone as well. Like, that's it. It just should immediately disappear. It's not going to be a thing. Not going to be a thing. No. Why is that? Uh, because. Let's. It's just you know. It's. it's <laughs> I, I can't make it any clearer than that. It's just they establish those rules and then they they slightly break them to have kind of like a bittersweet finale, which it is a very beautiful finale. If anything, I'll give it that. That final shot of the series, damn, sent a chill down my spine the entire time. Okay, Corey. Did you so- also notice that that was the tree? I don't. I, people pointed that out, so I don't know if I remembered that or mm-hmm. uh, I read it and then I learned it. Yeah. Okay, Corey, I need you to help visualize this for the audience because okay. I want you to read this, okay? Okay. Now, tell me what you're starting to see here. Uh, it looks like a this, the final scene from Samurai Jack. Yeah. All right, it's a comic. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, well, Jack is there standing at the tree. 
smiling over the beautiful landscape when suddenly he hears some science noises and a portal opens up and fucking Rick from Rick and Morty comes in <laughs> and uh, he's like, Sup, bitch! I'm motherfucking Rick! Okay, here we go. <laughs> and then we have Jack who is confronted by Rick and I, I can't read all that. It's still. Oh, sorry. I'll make it way bigger. Okay. So. Hold, 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 hold. That would be amazing to actually see something like this in an episode. Okay, there we go. Yeah. All right. Uh, so it's it's Rick. He's saying, "Rick, Rick Sanchez, uh, we kind of hijacked your time slot back on April first. It was kind of a dick move. <laughs> then again, the uh, airing did delay your girlfriend's inevitable nice. So yeah, you're welcome." And then Jax is like, "What? What?" And then Rick continues. Oh, you lack fourth wall awareness. <laughs> Interesting. Wasn't there an episode where some kids sang the Will I Am theme song? I don't mean to be that guy, but it seems like an oversight on the creators. <laughs> oh my god, how long does this keep going? Oh, it's pretty good. All right, so Rick continues. So anyway, the ending you got with Ashi disappearing from existence moments before the wedding. What the fuck, right? I mean, <laughs> technically she should have ceased to exist as soon as Aku was destroyed. Uh, I can go on for hours picking apart the faulty time travel logic uh i get it was for dynamic irony sure but what was marriage not bad enough (laughs) (laughs) whoever wrote this by the way knows the uh, voice knows rick's mannerisms very well uh so because i'm not a big fan of the whole girlfriend who restored the hope undone by time paradox depression allegory bittersweet ending trope uh, also, my grandkids won't shut up about it, so I figured, hey, Rick, you got a portal gun. Let's let you hop through all kinds of dimensions. Why not help a brother out? <laughs> okay, so after examining all the universes where she survived, I found somewhere her Jack died in his fight with Aku. Not much of a fix for the paradox, but at least it'll keep my stupid grandkids quiet. And then he goes away. And then Rick saved... That's the, the real ending. That would have been... <laughs> Can you imagine if they'd have done something like that in the show? That well, would have first, pissed Samurai Jack fans off. Yeah, it would have cheapened the series. But this is a funny, this is a good, you know. It is. It's well done. Um, I love that he addresses that they screwed up the, the April 1st. Yeah. Which people are still seething over, by the way. Um, Why is that such a big problem with people? I don't People care. waited long for this shit, man. Fuck those people. And they it only got 10 episodes. It needed more. It needed like 15. Yeah, it could have got 15. I mean. The episode where Ashi and Jack go and fight that uh, mob or the uh, slug monster. Yeah. That was a great episode. Imagine yeah. if there were three more monsters. I just watched that episode the other day with Ben. Oh, really? Yeah, he loved it. He thought it was great. It's he, a great episode. And watching it a second time, my God, that episode is hilarious. The whole thing is like a metaphor for Jack putting on a condom. You think? It is fucking ho- Yes. It is so <laughs> hilarious. The whole like weapon that he has to use that he doesn't know how to activate and everything, how to work, how to put it on. It, it's it's so damn funny, man. It, it like I said though that that's what's so genius about that second season. It manages to be just like the old show, but it grew up with the audience and it's not afraid to talk down to them. They took advantage of their Adult Swim stuff, maybe more so in the first couple episodes with all the extreme violence um, and the Ashi sisters and all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Like that was that was fucking crazy. Um, and then when they got to the second half, it got more traditional, but there was more humor that was thrown in. But the humor also got slightly more adult. What with Scaramouche talking about dudes with penis heads and all that types of shit. <laughs> but like Scaramouche. But like I said, that whole episode, which is just like the most sexual tension filled thing I've ever seen. It's hilarious. It's one of those episodes that when you watch it a couple times after you see because the first time I was like, eh, that was a pretty funny episode. And it was very pleasant. Second time I was laughing my ass off at the dialogue. It was great. Like I said, it's a, it's a metaphor for Jack putting on a condom. Or it's a metaphor for them breaking their sexual tension. That, I mean, yeah, that, that's without a doubt that is what is going on in that episode. But man, it's, it's played out so well. Um, but overall, like, uh, out of a, let's say out of a 10, what would you give the final season? I would say Samurai Jack as a whole with all the seasons is mm-hmm. like really a nine out of 10. And I would yeah. even say the, the last season is like a nine out of 10. It's a fun ride, but only if you've seen the other seasons, if not, I feel like you might not care enough mm-hmm. by the you, end. I, I think you have to watch at least the first season. <laughs> Yeah, have and then any come sort in. of appreciation for it, especially with all the callbacks. Yeah, even I hadn't seen some of the original episodes. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. So when they were like referencing the uh, the rave people, I didn't remember that right mm-hmm. away. Uh, but everything else, I did, and yeah. I'm glad they had some throwbacks like the, uh, the the black guy who's the samurai. Exactly. <laughs> What's brought, his name? Uh, that's it, samurai. Samurai. Yeah, his whack hat. 
Wacky hat. <laughs> that guy. He they was brought great. him back, and uh, you know all the people in the final battle. Like at least we got one moment between the Scotsman and Jack, which was very very brief. It's really really funny watching him name all of his daughters. <laughs> that was a good. That was a waste of the final episode. Get that a, shit out that's of there. An, that's another thing people were talking about is how there were a lot of scenes uh, that were like a waste of time in the in the finale. And like if you ask me, the the, the side characters fought Aku more than Jack did. They did. They did. Like Jack honestly had like one final confrontation with him with the uh, the past version of Aku but like even the intro of that episode where it's all the people on earth who are gathering around their TVs and stuff to listen to the message from Aku and uh, you basically just get an excuse to see a lot of cameos and then you get that moment with the Scots he's like oh come on get on with it like yeah. <laughs> even the creators are kind of poking fun at the fans of it like I bet you've been waiting for this for a long time yeah. and then they end up playing the original intro which I also thought was really really great and man they were so ballsy to not revoice it and then have the new version of Aku pop up because that was all uh, Mako's voice. The other guy. The yeah, kid. in the actual intro. And Why'd then, they change? Uh, Mako unfortunately passed away a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was also, I know you're an Avatar fan. Yes. Uh, Mako was also the voice, I think his name was Uncle Iroh. Oh, he was Uncle Iroh? Yes, he was. Uncle Iroh is probably one of the best characters of the Avatar series. And here's another fun fact. Mako died during production of Avatar, and he was replaced with a new voice actor, who's also the voice actor who now plays Aku. Oh, they are similar. I've seen the uh, comparisons before mm-hmm. on they're, they're YouTube. Not, they're not, like, carbon copies, and they're not, like, a perfect, like version of that like mako can never be replaced he's just got such a distinctive voice was especially he like, if you're a fan of conan the barbarian was he also um shredder or he who was else? he was not okay when you mean shredder do you mean the one from uh the original like 80s no that's uh that's uncle, uncle phil. phil yeah that's uncle <laughs> phil <laughs> mm. um but yeah uh, little fun facts there, but yeah, I loved the final season. I honestly, at, like you, the whole series I think is a nine. It's only mired down a little bit because I think the finale was a little bit rushed. But overall, I think it's one of the greatest pieces of American animation that's ever been put to film. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's damn good. And I hold if you it in real high regard. It, um, you're really missing out. Whether or not you like animation, it's just a good story. Mm-hmm. I think that's the truth of it. And that's all she wrote. Damn it, dropping the mic. That is right. Well. Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. You got our thoughts on all this cool stuff, but is there anything cool that you want us to talk about? Give us some topic ideas. you have any questions for us, let us know on our YouTube page. Or you can check us out at Rogue Intel. But most importantly, check us out at Blog Talk Radio, where not only you can download our show for free, but a ton of other ones from the Rogue Intel Network. These guys are amazing. There are so many great shows, sports shows, a show just about movie lines. I highly recommend checking those out. They have some really great listening. And you can actually help support these different shows by using their Amazon link. That is right. That is rogueintel.com slash Amazon. Make sure to use that for all of your shopping needs. Maybe you want to pick up a couple seasons of Samurai Jack. Maybe some old school arcade games. Make sure to check those out through the Amazon link. Not only will you be getting the best prices possible, but you will be helping to support all of these amazing programs. So thank you guys so much for listening. We can't wait to see you until the next episode. Christian, got anything else for us? Absolutely not. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, the powerful Nerdcast is out.